Hey everybody, welcome back to Kenzie's Bible Study Podcast. I'm Mackenzie, the girl behind the post-it notes. And uh, last time I left you to think about and talk about, wrestle with the idea of wondering, are you in the middle of something? I truly hope you're able to talk to someone about the middle of your story and be encouraged that it's the middle. It's not the end. It seems so simple, but it's true. Um, For me, I'm just so in the middle of a lot of things. You know, it's funny because sometimes you're like, oh, in the the middle of something for work or I'm in the middle of something with a relationship or whatever it is. Um, But right now I feel like God is just uh, has me in the middle of literally every aspect of my life. Um, There is not a facet of my life that is not in the middle of not knowing where I'm going to end up in a few months. So it's uh, it's a lot for me. and it's sometimes hard to talk about. I mean, honestly, for me, it's hard to talk to people about being in the middle because um, they want to know what's next for me because they love me and they're for me and such great hearts. Um, and I hate not having an answer for them. Um, but it's also good because I'm getting in the practice of saying, yeah, I don't know. I'm in the middle of a move of God and in the middle of transition to a new season, I don't have the answers yet. But here's what I do know today, maybe this week. But right now, here's my focus. Those things will come into place, but they're not happening today. So right now, I'm just taking one day at a time and just the next right step. And the next right step for me is just enjoying summer. It's taking care of my health. It's eating good food and working out and hiking. Um, Truly, this season, I I can't think about September right now. I can't think about like what's next in all these transitions for me. Um, All I can think about right now is the present and where I'm at. And that's really hard for me because I'm a planner and I like knowing what's coming next. But um, I feel like God is kind of forcing me into rest, rest and recovery, which is exactly what I need. So that's my season. I'm in the middle and the middle for me is rest and recovery. And we'll see what God does next. Um, And we'll just see. That's all. So Exodus chapter 15, here we go. What's cool about this is that it's right after one of the most significant miracles in history. Moses and the Israelites immediately break out into worship. The response to God's goodness, the response to miracles, the response to God's faithfulness is to worship from the depths of our souls. Um, And so in this, they sang to God. Verse one, here's their song. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver, he's hurled into the sea. It's a very um, uplifting song. Um, (laughs) The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The Deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger and it consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed. 
in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them, I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them, I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people who you uh, lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish with, will grip the people of Philistia. Um, the chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as stone until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you brought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. I wonder if this like song was upbeat or slow. I wish like Shane and Shane would do this song. Um, they do a lot of the Psalms and put it into like contemporary music. Um, but I wonder if this song was like upbeat or slow. I kind of have a feeling it was upbeat. Like, you know that song, um, My Redeemer Lives? Like, I know he rescued my soul. Uh -huh. His blood has covered my sin. I believe. I believe. My Redeemer lives. You know that song? My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. Like, you've got to get clapping. you got to raise your hands. you got to dance. you got to engage every part of your body. And I feel like I could be wrong. I could get to heaven and Jesus be like, no, it was a, like, slow, melodical song. But, like, right now, I just feel like it was a beat. I feel like it was, like, gospel. I don't know. That's just the feeling I get. Because they were like, whoo, God rescued us. But, Anyways, verse 19, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of, uh, of the sea back over them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel or a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam saying to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver has hurled them he has hurled them into the sea. So so here's Miriam. Um, she just like starts a choir with tambourines and I'm into it. Um, but she's one of the few women in the Bible who are called uh, prophets or prophetess. Um, she's an inspired woman. She's one that leads them out of Egypt with Aaron and Moses. And that's so cool. She was a leader. She led worship. So don't forget that women play a big part in the story of God. Verse 22, uh, we take a little turn. <laughs> then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. I love sometimes the asides in the Bible. It's so cute. Um, so the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? 
Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord. I am the Lord who heals you. He's like, hey, I'm a healer. Listen to me and you'll be safe from those things. Um, then they came to him. Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees and they camped there near the water. Okay, come on, you guys. Like, God just parted the seas and like you don't think he couldn't get you water? Like, I don't know. I don't have any room to talk because I immediately doubt God, as I said in the last chapter. But what can we learn from this chapter? It's kind of funny. It's like this worship song, you know, chapters and verses, like the numbers were not really part of the Bible. So, um, it's likely that these are two separate ideas, but I want to kind of focus on the worship aspect of it. So the first thing is that we can worship creatively. Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. God just brought them through the Red Sea and destroyed those who pursued to kill them. Like, wow. I think one of the healthiest things I've done for my soul care is to get creative with what God's doing here. They just like break out in song, like a musical from the outpouring of their hearts and um, all they just went through, like all of that became a worship song. I mean, like, isn't that how worship songs happen anyway? Truly. Some of the best songs come out of something that an artist is, is currently exp- experiencing with God. Right. Um, Corey Asbury, who wrote, the very popular worship song, Reckless Love, he said this. He said, I feel like this song is a culmination of the latter half of my life. So much goes into it, and a lot of it has to do with my family, my own upbringing, with my own dad. I think Reckless Love is a song about the Father's love, and I think for so many of us, especially in this generation, are so unfamiliar with the Father's love because we had so many skewed ideas of what he's like because of what our own dads were like. I know so many people, myself included, who grew up with a dad who wasn't perfect, to put it lightly. And because my dad wasn't perfect, I view God through the lens of my own dad. And I felt so, I felt many times that God was angry or upset or disappointed with me. I felt I was always letting him down. Um, and toward the latter part of my life, maybe the last five or six years, it's been it's kind of been a spin. It feels like I began asking specific questions of the father, like, what are you actually like? I've grown up with a picture that's probably pretty off. So could you show me what you're actually like? The Bible tells me that you're kind and you're tender and you're good. And some of these things I've seen in the world, in my own experience, is they disagree with that idea. So I need you to reconcile that idea to my heart, basically. So he goes on to talk about when his son was born and he says, when I held him for the first time, it's like everything changed. And it was through that experience that I began to see the father rightly. That's the way he looks at me. I don't have to earn his love. I don't have to do something to deserve affection or in his heart. He simply just adores me because I'm his son and I'm made in his image. And that changed everything for me. 
The concept of the song, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, has been in my heart because it's what the Lord's been speaking to me and showing me since my son was born. I've been writing it in my journals and social media posts. It's been everywhere because it's the theme that the Father has been speaking over my life. Listen, oh, such a cool story about that song. And I, I would assume that any like writer of worship songs would say they've got a story about a song that they wrote. There's something to putting what God is doing in my life into words or art. Uh, I'm not one to write a song, but I'm a writer. Uh, for a long time, I blogged about what God was doing. I summarized things into a phrase and in my post-it notes, or I draw or just put time into making Bible verse into art. Um, I always know that I am in a healthy place when I can access creativity. So what we can learn from this is to keep creativity online. Find a way to worship creatively. We can sing other people's songs and that's amazing. But what can we do to make worship personal? What can we do creatively to express our worship and gratitude to God in our own personal experiences? The second thing is worship really gets us in step with God. Don't forget Israel, the Israelites are in a big transition from captivity to freedom. They are on the road to freedom and on the road to the promised land. Even if change is a good change, change is still difficult because we're unclear about what's next. And so we get kind of insecure. Uh, we kind of touched on that last time, right? But What's cool about the act of worship, especially through song, is that it does something supernaturally in our hearts to tie us to the heart of God and get us in harmony with him and where he's going. Um, in John chapter four, Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well um, who's facing a transition herself and anticipating the coming of Messiah, but she's exiled from the place of worship because she's Samaritan. Sound familiar? She says, our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. In verse 21, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship, worship in spirit and in truth. God is seeking true worshipers, ones who will worship him in spirit and truth. Worship really changes us more than anything. It tunes our hearts in with the spirit of God. It positions me in harmony with God, where he's going, what he's doing, positioning myself in alignment with God. In worship, it's really not about me at all. We don't come to God based on our righteousness or that I'm a good singer or any of those things. God seeks like get that, that action. God seeks true worshipers who will worship him in spirit from the depths of who we are and in truth as we approach him on the basis of his mercy. And I love that they worship before going any further in the journey. They don't wait until they are in the promised land to worship God. They worship him along the way. What a lesson for us to worship God along the way. We don't have to wait we really shouldn't wait until we've been delivered fully. 
Um, but rather along the way, as we get aligned with God's heart and where he's going and what he's doing. That's cool. The third thing is that worship inspires others. Verse 20, then Miriam, the prophet Aaron's sister took a timbrel in her hand and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He has hurled into the sea. When we worship, it inspires, it invites others in. There's something about worship, specifically in music and singing. If you lead, not that you need to be a worship leader, musically gifted at all, but when you lead the worship even happening, you help usher others into the presence of God. And that is so cool. So Miriam was there when Moses and the Israelites worshiped in song. And then she's like, no, encore, ladies, let's go. She grabs her tambourine and leads like a reprise of the song that they just sang. So worship swells like a big wave and it brings people in. Uh, One of my favorite YouTube channels is a guy. um, His name is Leonardo Torres. He's a musician and a music lover all around. Um, Leonardo Torres was not a Christian, but somehow one day he was inspired to start listening to Christian worship music and review it, um, react to it, right? Reaction videos are really big on YouTube. Um, so he started listening one by one and posting videos, non-Christian listens to Christian music for the first time, right? He listens to Oceans by Hillsong. He's like really struck by it. And then he goes through each of the songs in um Hillsong's People album and he gets to the song as you find me and he discloses uh, he realizes he he's lost himself um so he gets then he gets to so will I and he just like starts crying it's affecting him he doesn't even know the Lord yet but it's affecting him it's ushering him into the presence of God and it's so cool to watch. Like I started watching kind of at the beginning of it and we're just watching this like God unveil himself in this in Leonardo Torres's life. And in these you hear him speak as if he doesn't believe in God at all because he says he's an atheist originally and he's processing like wow the the audience is really singing too and I'm sitting here watching like yeah like it's worship it's not about the band it's about Jesus. Like we're like the 12th man like it's so important. Um, and that like really like it just inspires his heart. What really gets him is when he watches Reckless Love. It's kind of funny. I was thinking about it for that first point. But he watches um, a live version uh, from Corey Asbury um, of Reckless Love. When he listened to that, Corey had spoke in the middle of it. And Leonardo now says, the message to me was that you, you, you're never too far out for God to reach you, that his love is timeless, that he loved you and he did so much for you before you were even born. And that gave me hope. But at the time he was wrestling with the fact like, why or why won't we love like this song says God loves us. And he was struggling with a lot of things in his life, some really big, big circumstances. Um, and his song, um, was going to get blocked because, you know, copyright issues. And actually Corey reached out himself to make sure that the song wasn't blocked due to the copyright. And the songs like this video skyrocketed with his reaction. And he says that he got a glimpse of love, the love, like he's saying about from Corey in it. Um, Leonardo tells the story now and he says, 
he wasn't just singing and talking about the reckless love of God. He was all about it. And he fought for me and my channel, a non-Christian stranger. And so you see over the course of these videos that he starts using language like talking about God and he says the great spirit and, but it's still very separate from him personally. Um, and he keeps going song after song. People request songs for him to review. He, and people are like praying for this guy. Like you see the comments and people are like, oh, you're going to get there. Like God's doing something in your life. It's so cool to watch. Um, he starts watching The Chosen and reacting to that. He starts meeting with a pastor on camera. Uh, all this started in 2020. And a year later, he reviews, releases this, a couple of Q&A episodes of, uh, called Q&A with a former atheist. And after that, he changes his content from non-Christian reaction to just first-time reaction of certain songs. So over the course of a year, listening to worship music, appreciating, appreciating it musically, never intending for it to become personal, it does. He says that God was working in his life in some very difficult circumstances in his family. And he tells the story that God saved him and his family. It's incredibly moving and inspiring. You can look up his story. Um, there's like a good like recap of his story on a video called How a Non-Christian Was Saved by the Reckless Love of God on YouTube. Oh man, it gets me because it's just it was so cool to watch. But see this worship. Worship inspires people, whether they know God or not. There were so many times where he was in these videos and he's like, I don't understand what this means. And he would, but he would like look it up or people would explain to him or whatnot. Um, when you're not in a great place emotionally, put worship music on. Let it wash over you. Let yourself barely sing the words. God will seek you out as you worship in spirit and in truth. God will seek you. God will find you. Lead others in worship. If you're musically gifted, do it. Like go get around the fire pit in the summer or in the living room on a Tuesday afternoon to start playing and people will join you. If you're not musically gifted, put it on in your car. Put music on when you're cleaning the house. Share songs that are inspiring you in that moment with your people because it just ripples. Oh, it's so cool. So that's what I have today. It's all about worship. I didn't think I was going to get emotional, but I kind of did. Um, so I actually have two things I want to leave you with. Um, one is how can you uniquely worship God and creativity and be brave enough to try it out? Um, and the second is for someone who's like me today, um, I just have this sense that maybe you've been avoiding God or avoiding worship music and maybe something has just been really disappointing. I, I know for me the other day, my friend Rob, led church in a song called God Turn It Around. And that, listen, that was my song when everything fell apart at the end of the school year at work. I sang it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I shared it with the teachers that I was praying about my situation with. I was like, God's going to turn it around. And some of the lyrics, I was just like, I'm calling on the name that changes everything. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. Breakthrough will come. It'll come in the name of Jesus. And that bridge, like he is up to something. God is doing something right now. He's healing someone. He's saving someone. God is doing something right now. He's moving mountains. He's making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. And I was 
so sure that God was going to turn it around, that he was going to give me a miracle, that a decision would be reversed. And it didn't happen. And I'm still heartbroken. So I've just been kind of numb. Like, why do I even bother singing? God's able, but it doesn't seem like he's very willing. He didn't do it. And I know he could have. And I just don't get it. And so I've been avoiding worship music. I have not listened to worship music much. So when Rob got on piano on Sunday and was like, you know, God is doing something new today. God wants to do a new thing in us today. He wants to turn our situations around, whatever we're facing, whether it's health issues or financial issues or relationship issues. It doesn't matter. He wants to intervene and he wants to show you a miracle. And we want to claim that miracle this morning. And he began this song and I was like, I don't want to sing this one. I don't know if I believe it right now. I'm mad about that one. And I stood there not singing. But as the song went on, I eventually found myself whispering it. Crying and whisper singing because it's all I had. And then naturally the next song was I Raise a Hallelujah. (laughs) I Raise a Hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm and I thought man that song was so much easier when I wasn't actually in the storm but I cried and I sang it anyways because I know how powerful worship is that even when I'm in disbelief even when I'm weak there's something that God does when we just sing I don't know it unlocked me in a way to hear worship music again. You know, I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm not still in the best place about everything yet cuz I still don't get it and but I truly believe that God is seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. God is seeking. And that doesn't mean when you have it all together and your belief is all tied in a bow. It means when you're barely singing because you don't even believe it right now. So if you're in that place to make a joyful noise or sing when you don't even believe it, even if it's a whisper, and let God find you. Let him find you because he will. So that's what I have today. Man, I didn't think this would get so emotional, but here we are. Um, so you can connect with me at Kenzie's underscore Bible on all the places um i'm gonna get off of here so i can go you know like blow my nose um fill the snot after crying but um i hope you have such a great week um just be challenged by worship this week okay all right have a blessed week 